Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here. D-Mac to the right. Welcome to Double Coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Jason McCourty here. Devin McCourty to my left or right, whichever box you see him in. Welcome to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. You guys know you can catch us each and every week. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. All you have to do is search Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. You can always find us on social media at McCourty Twins. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those fun social media sites. We give you a behind-the-scenes look of professional athletes, fathers, husbands, all of that good stuff. We have a special episode for you today. Dev, who we got? Who we bringing to the show today? Well, for one, you, you, you look great over there. You got your palm trees. I'm snowed in in here. We got snowstorm, blizzard, all of that. But we do have a special guest, Harry Douglas, up and coming ESPN star. And that's not even to mention his decorated NFL and football career. Welcome to the show, Harry. Man, thank you guys. I can't believe that I'm here lighting my fireplace, right? And J-Mac, you're down there with your palm trees, enjoying the sun. <laughs> you probably didn't put your oil on your chest and stuff. You out there sunbathing and everything. I'm here lighting my fireplace, man. Hey, fresh balding and all. I'm, I'm used to this South Florida, South Florida lifestyle now, man. Hey, before we get into the football, we want to start a little bit of childhood. Better athlete in the family, Harry Douglas or Tony Douglas? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um... <laughs> I would say me. My brother would probably pick me as well. Now, I will say this. My brother, we knew from an early, early age, probably age five or six, that he was probably going to make it in the NBA. Uh, he just had it. You know, mm -hmm. some people, they just have it. They can just shoot the basketball. They're just so skillful. Um, but my brother, man, he played in World Series baseball games. He was a hell of a quarterback. But he got to the age when he was like, man, I don't want to be out there in that hot sun with you guys hitting, hitting <laughs> left and right, getting darker and just sweating for no reason. So he he, he was like, I'm, I'm just going to stick with basketball. He said, I, he said I'm out of here. here. <laughs> Did you guys have a heated rivalry growing up? I know like me and Jay, we go at it all the time. One-on-one -on -one basketball games go on for like two, three hours. How were you guys kind of growing up and competing against each other? I used to make them cry all the time. Because, you know, he, he cause I'm the big brother, he's the little brother. But uh, one thing I can say is that we never fought. That's one of the things that my father preached, preached to us, to, like, never fight each other and um, never, especially never go against each other when it came to other people as well. But we had a lot of heated battles, man. And it, it was just fun times that I actually just got off the phone with my brother before I got on here with y'all. And we were laughing about some things that happened in the past. And... It's just great to when you when you're able to have a brother to play a sport um, professionally, and then y'all grow up and y'all go through a lot. You can just understand any and everything about it, one another. And uh, I tell you this: we're not twins, but we damn sure are close to it. Yeah, man. 
It's so funny you say that because moms is the same way. I remember one time me and Deb, we were out in the neighborhood and the older kids, they wanted to see us box. So they had some boxing gloves out there, had us out there fighting. Dev, go ahead, and gives me, I think, in my mind, it was just like, yo, like, we'll put on a little bit of a show, but we're not really going to fight each other. This dude hits me for real, for real. I go running in the house crying, which I shouldn't have did, because then we spend the rest of the week inside, because mom yep. did not let us out the house. So lesson learned. I feel you on that. Now, having kids, I know exactly uh, what's that, what that is like. Man, for you, you went, we won't, we won't even get into your college days at Louisville. We, we won't get into the pandemonium at Piscataway. We, we, we've discussed that too much over the years. For you guys that don't know, I got a chance to play against Harry in college and then got a chance to play alongside of him in Tennessee. One of the most competitive dudes you'll be around, not only doing one-on-ones on the field, but whether he's in the locker room, shooting a basketball, whatever it is, he's going to be the loudest person in the room talking trash and competing his butt off. Matt, going through your career, what was something that you would have told a young Harry coming out of Louisville, getting ready to head to Atlanta, playing at home, a second-round draft pick for the Falcons? What would have been some advice you would have given yourself now looking back? I'll say knowing knowing when to to be a hothead and then knowing when to be cool, calm, and collected. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think that's one thing. But a lot of that came from growing up always being the smallest. Um, so many people telling you what you can't and, and can't uh, can't do, what you can't accomplish because of your size. So a lot of that edginess and a lot of that competitiveness came from stem from a lot of those things. But if I was to tell my young self anything, it's like, hey, listen, as long as you believe in yourself, which I did, but you know when you're young and you're full of energy, piss and vinegar, you know you. You don't edge a lot, you know, you don't edge. But I would tell myself to just, you know, not everything or most things need, need needs a reaction. Just handle your business, do what you got to do, and just move on. Don't worry about other people. Yeah, man. Would that, you say that's, that, uh, hold on, that, would you say that edginess and kind of that fire inside you, is that what enabled you to have such a long career and kind of kept you going at the same time? It did. It did. And even in my media career, just – uh, me wanting to compete, me me wanting to be the best. And I'll say, when I wash the dishes, I take the trash out. I do everything to the best of my abilities because I never want anybody to question me as a man and as a human being. So to be honest, I don't half-ass do anything. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm instilling into my kids is that if you're going to do something, do it full throttle. Don't halfway do it. My little son right now, when I'm cleaning, I show him the proper way to clean. Daddy, I want to help. He want to help. My daughter... She may half do it. You know, I got to get on a little bit. Nope, that's not what we're doing. You know, your kid, you know, your, you know, your kid's different, man. You know, they, they're never the same. My son always want to help. My daughter want to, she, she want to help half the way and then be done and go play. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> my, my, my wife fully knows about that. She calls it off-season dead when I come home. And I tell her, she, I'll be watching her do some stuff. I'm like, man, that, that's out here. That's bare minimum effort. We like... We need more. She looks at me like, take all that football talk and all that, get it up out of my house. So I know exactly what you mean. Um, and then, you know, getting into the media career, as you look back and, you know, for me, I've been very fortunate to talk to a lot of former players doing media, doing different things. When you get the chance to, you know, talk pregame, do all of this stuff, 
What do you miss most about the game as you kind of in those conversations talking about, you know, two minute drives and things like that? What do you miss most about playing the game? I'll say the, the my teammates, the fellas, being around them, uh, especially y'all in those adverse situations. Uh, I remember one time when I was in Atlanta, we'd be down in games and we'd look to the sideline. We wouldn't be worried at all because we knew we was going to come back in the fourth quarter, have a late drive, a kick a field goal, we'll score a touchdown. So looking at my teammates saying, we good, we got this, we know we got it. You know what I mean? Uh, overcoming those adverse situations. Um, I would say going through training camp. I don't miss training camp, but going through it with my teammates. I don't, that's, trust me, I don't miss that at all. That's the only thing I hated about football. But but going through it with my teammates and seeing those guys make that sacrifice for a common goal, those are the type of things that you miss. Going in the locker room and seeing that guys, like my, my first two or three years in the league, seeing guys that were in their mid-30s, right, and having two or three kids, but when they're in the locker room, mm. they're a big kid themselves. Those are the type of things that I miss mm. because, you know, we use it as a place to, to compartmentalize a lot of things um, that may have been going on mm -hmm. outside of football uh, or at home or anywhere else in life. No doubt about it. Give me your best memory from your career, whether it was a, a, a game-winning catch, whatever the case may be. What's that moment that, is always, that will always stick out to you from your career? Okay, I have two. My, my, my rookie year, um, it may have been the last game of the year, my rookie year, at home we played, I think, the Buccaneers. No, Carolina, Carolina Panthers. I had a rushing touchdown. I lined up at running back, had my receivers blocked for me on a little tall sweep. I had a touchdown there. I had a punt return touchdown. <laughs> And then I had uh, like 96 yards of receiving as well. And then my second mm -hmm. one came uh, 2012. That's the year we went to the NFC Championship game. But it was the divisional round. We played the Seattle Seahawks. And they, they scored late. And, and we was down. And we needed a couple plays to go down and kick a field goal. Um, and I had a chance to, to, to catch a big one on the sidelines um, against that, Se that, that, that Seahawks defense that everybody was so, mm -hmm. so excited about. I remember playing that team in 2012. We went down to Seattle, uh, and I felt like that was like their coming out party, you mm -hmm. know, with B. Browner, Earl, uh, Sherm, Cam, like those guys in that secondary. Um, I mean, it was a battle between us, so I know exactly what you mean. I mean, that was, that was a heck of a group, and I know what you mean. I, I always tell guys it's different making plays in big games, Sunday night football. When you make plays any time in the playoffs, division around, wild card, championship games like it just echoes something and you know what i mean i always tell guys your kind of legacy lives on forever for that year because everyone kind of remembers uh what that's about so um as you get into the media what are what are some of the things that you love about you know what you're doing now and you know what are some of the surprises that you got into the job that you're like man i, I didn't expect this and know uh, that this came with being an analyst and broadcaster and all those different things I'll say first, um, you're, you're not out of the game, right? You still get to be involved with the game, and you guys know how much I, how much work I put in, how much time I put in. So, still to this day, I'm watching six to eight hours of film, whether it's college football, whether mm. it's NFL football, right? But being in the media, it's a new challenge for me. It's a new spark, so I'm excited about it. I never feel like I'm working a day in my life to be honest with y'all. Mm. Uh, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I've been doing my entire life. I just don't have the physical wear and tear on my body. Um, and I'll say some of the biggest surprises. So here, here's the thing. When I started doing first take, right? I remember I, I did first, my, the first time I did first take in like August. And 
you know, you get on, you have a good day, but you can't even write, like celebrate the good day that you had because you got to get up the next morning and you can be eight and alive on first take the next day. So you, you can't even worry about if you did good or this, you got to move on to the next thing. Now you, 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 you do learn from uh, the things that you had going on within those moments, within those, uh, uh, those episodes, but you can't harp on them. It's, it's, you got to move on to the next thing. And then when you're preparing, preparing for it, uh, especially if you, if, if your box set is like mine, it's times where my wife laughs at me, laughs, laughs at me all the time because I'm in the mirror acting out things that the people I'm going <laughs> up against may say or may counter with. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm going back and forth with myself in the mirror. It's time for my daughter too. She dated. Are you okay? Baby, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just acting <laughs> stuff out. But I'm, I'm big on being prepared, being prepared for every situation, right? No matter what, because I never want to cheat my coworkers, nor do I ever want to cheat the audience when they're watching me. So it's things like that that I enjoy. But when, when, when you have a good day on that, on that TV, it's not like you can celebrate it because uh, you're only as good as, as, as your last time. The next time's coming up, too. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You're not that far removed from playing. Is it a struggle, like, when you're going out there and you got to talk about you're watching Tennessee and you got to maybe talk about a Julio Jones or talking about guys that you have relationships with, former teammates or organizations that you play for? Has that been a challenge when you got to go on TV and talk about uh, some of these players or coaches uh, of the such? Well, I'll say for me, no, uh, because of the simple fact that most of the people that I have a relationship with, they understand that. Uh, in order for the audience, and that's one of the things that I think athletes have to understand when they get into the broadcasting business, in order for the audience to, to love you and want to listen to you, you have to tell it like it is. Now, there's a way to do things. That don't mean I have to demean someone uh, by telling the truth. Mm -hmm. there, there's a way to deliver the message without demeaning someone. So you can tell the truth. It's just how you tell the truth. And I'll tell you this. Uh, people won't listen to you if you sugarcoat things and you're being a homer. You don't want to tell the truth about A, B, C, and D. They're not going to listen to you. The Titans just lost a game. And I was critical of t t you killed, you killed I was, Tannehill. Tannehill. And, and the OC. <laughs> I, I wasn't too fond of it because I didn't think they did every, uh, everything they were supposed to do in order for that team to win the game. And the deep defensively, they did. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's a fine line. But in order to, to be credible and for people to listen to you, you have to be able to tell the truth. And not only tell the truth, there's a way to do it. You can do it without demeaning people. Now, sometimes, do a little demeaning have to go in there? Every now and then, that may have to go that way. But, <laughs> but you, li you live with the punches. You live with the punches. Yeah, no, and I, I will say, man, I enjoy watching y'all little Tennessee era because y'all were hyped about that game, man. Tennessee, they got first place, got the buy, yes. and I could just see, you know what I mean, between you, J-Mac, uh, Woody R, uh, Rack, all those guys I'm seeing social media. I'm like, man, these dudes over here acting like they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> got all this hype about about hosting a divisional game, and then they lost. Yes. So, uh, I mean, I felt bad for y'all, but that, that's kind of like Tennessee fashion. But, um, before, <laughs> I dare, hey, I dare, dare you. you. I dare you. <laughs> the, luxury, the luxury of playing with Tom Brady for over a Yeah, decade. I mean, there not everybody, not oh, everybody oh, get to play oh, with the decade. GOAT, man. Not everybody get to play with the GOAT now. Come on. Hey, man, sometimes you get blessed that way. You got to just sometimes wake up and I thank God for that opportunity, <laughs> man. Uh, before we get into, like, what's going on currently in football, uh, you mentioned, like, your kids. Uh, one of the things we love to talk about on this show is just fatherhood. What are 
What are some of the things that you think about fatherhood, you think about legacy? Um, you already talked about a couple of them, but that you want your kids to look at you, look at your career, and kind of take away from that as they move forward and they grow in life. I'll tell you, man, there's two things that happened to me this year that um, I was able to share with my kids, and, I, and, it was, and I'm big on legacy, is that number one, I got uh, put into the Louisville Sports Hall of Fame. And being able to share that moment with my kids and being able to mention my kids in that moment was big. And um, being able to have my nephew, uh, my nephews and my niece and being able to see those things, too, that's mm -hmm. big for me. Because, right, if, if you can present things to them and show them the way and show them uh, the fruits of the labor, they can understand it. Because we're in that era now. You can't just tell people A, B, C and D now. You have to show them the way and show them how things are being done. Uh, I think things like that are very, very exciting. For me, uh, everything that I do individually is not for me. It's for my family and my family name. And when I was being honored, one of the things that I mentioned is that all I ever wanted to do was honor the Douglas name the right way. When I went to Louisville, all I wanted to do was put Louisville on the map, right? And now when it comes to the, this game of life, all I want to do is set up my kids, my great, my grandkids, my great, great grandkids and on down the line for success. And if I don't do that, then I felt like I've, I've, I failed. Everything that I've done was for nothing, because at the end of the day, I didn't grow up with much and I can survive not having much. But our kids, y'all know this, our kids are different. They, they, <laughs> they're growing up with stuff. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. they don't know what it is to be without. So. Okay. So for for me, it's all about setting them up in the right direction and having that legacy. And when I look back on it and I look at me and my brother, man, like I could honestly say, like, I was the first millionaire in my family. My brother was the second. Right. But that don't mean me and him have to be the, the, the last. It can keep going. Mm. And, and, and that's part of that's part of our job as parents, because our kids don't ask to be here. But it's our job to, to raise them to be better than us and to carry that legacy on once we aren't here. Man, well, well said. Uh, let's get into a little bit of this football going on. Overtime oh. rules. Do you like it? Do you think it needs <laughs> to change? Is it a matter of just like, hey, you want to win the game, play 13 seconds of defense? Or do you think both teams need an opportunity to both possess the ball? I'll be honest with you. I like the way they are. Um, listen, mm -hmm. the, the Buffalo Bills, and I'm an offensive player saying this now, the Buffalo Bills had an opportunity with 13 seconds left to get a stop. Not only did they have one opportunity, they had two opportunities. They had an opportunity in overtime to get a stop or hold them to a field goal, and they didn't do so. And they're the number one, they were the number one defense going into that football game in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'll say this, I, I, I don't think, th this is where sometimes I feel like players and leaders have to step up too on a football field and not always do everything that, that, that's, that might be coached to you or the coach may call. I, I'm, it's surpri I'm, I'm surprised that nobody on that Buffalo Bills defense said that, hell no, we're not playing this defense. There's no way we can play this defense and just give them yards. Like, I, I'm surprised that nobody stepped up and said anything because you, you can't give Kelsey that much room. You can't give Tyreek Hill that much room. You got to play defense. You got to play defense. And I'll tell you the flip side of it, you look at the the, um, the Tampa Bay game. You can't go cover zero in that moment against, <laughs> against Cooper Cup. You, you got Cooper Cup being guarded by a safety. Now, 
Hey, do it. Dev, nothing against you now, but I was taught if you let a safety guard you, son, take our damn uniform off. Don't come back on. Don't come back in this locker room. <laughs> you cannot let. A, you can't. You can't put your defender in that situation. You can't call cover zero right there. But the Buffalo Bills had every opportunity to get a stop with 13 seconds left. Plus, they should have squib kicked. That's rules. That's that's rules and regulation that's football one on one. We go. We went through mm -hmm. those type of things in our Saturday meetings with our special team coach as we mm -hmm. were watching things in his meeting. Those are the type of things that we went through. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, they had every opportunity, and I, and I, don't, I don't want them to change it. Listen, keep it the way it is. I, I like it. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. What was crazy in Buffalo is they came off the sideline. Yes. So it wasn't one of those moments where the game's rolling and, you know, compose yeah. everything kind of goes out. There. They came off the sideline, and that was the plan that they had. So. I, I'm right. I mean, I would love to see. I mean, could you imagine Oof. that game with a college overtime, sudden death, where they put the ball on, say, the 40 yard line, and they're going back and forth? Uh, it, it would be entertaining. But, see, but as a defender, I, well, go ahead, Dev. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, everybody says that all that does is make the game longer. It still comes down to somebody has to get a defensive stop. I True. love that on the first possession. You either get a defensive stop or the game's over. Why we need to watch another 45 minutes of a game? kill these athletes and they still got to go play in a championship game next week. I agree. Like, I, that's my, yeah. My but, but I tell you but, this, and, and I, no, I, I told no, a lot no. of people also, giving both teams the ball, let's just say the Chiefs go down and kick a field goal. Now I think the Bills have the advantage because they get four downs to try to get a first down to get down the field. You know what I'm saying? So that's true. I, yeah. I don't like that part yeah. of it either. True. That is true. Is, yeah, because you, you know exactly what you need to do uh, to win the game. Give me one bold prediction for this offseason in the NFL. One thing that's going to happen that Harry Douglas is saying right now in February, January, that's going to happen throughout the offseason. So I'll say this. I honestly feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to the Denver Broncos. I, I, mm. that, that's what I think. Um, a lot of people not understanding that they don't have the cap space to do a lot of things that they want to do. All of their receivers, like signed listen, just about all their right. receivers are free agents. One of them is a restricted free agent. Their tight end, Tunyon, who tore his ACL, he's a free agent. Plus, you have guys on the defensive side of the ball you have to pay. So I don't understand how it's going to work. And I put a question on Twitter today. I said, no one's really talking about this. What if... Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams wants to leave. What if they both want out of Green Bay? What are the Packers going to do? What what is, what is their backup plan? And I told somebody, because somebody said, well, Aaron Rodgers, this is, this is, this. I said, let me tell you this. If Aaron Rodgers, if they decide to tell Aaron Rodgers that they're not going to trade him and he retires, now you get nothing for him, what good is that going to do? Uh-huh. If yeah, he tells me he wants to be traded or he's going to retire, let me see what collateral I can get for him versus him retiring and we not getting anything for him. Can he, win a Super, can he win a Super Bowl in Denver? Can he win a Super Bowl in Denver? Uh, I, think he had, mm -hmm. I think he has a chance to. And this is another thing that's keep bothering me. Everybody keeps saying that the best chance for him to win a Super Bowl is in Green Bay. The damn guy has won 13-3 and three the last three years and hasn't won a Super Bowl <laughs> in Green Bay. <laughs> So so how how was that the best chance? <laughs> the, that that's been that's been tried. The, the 49ers has been his kryptonite. So maybe yeah. he need to get away from the 49ers. No one's saying that. Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But the but the but, but I say the fact that a lot a lot of people keep saying that Aaron Rodgers uh, wants the easy route, doesn't want to go against these quarterbacks that have been in the AFC West. That's that's nonsense to me. You guys know, as athletes, we're not even wired like that. We don't even think like that. Mm-hmm. Let's just compete. Mm-hmm. Yep. He ain't going against a quarterback not one snap of the game yep. anyway. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. Who you got for the games this weekend? Uh, Cincy, Kansas City, uh, Rams, San Fran. Who you picking for the Super Bowl? I'll say when I look at the, the 49ers, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Bengals versus the Chiefs, I got the Chiefs winning that game, but their defensive coordinator got to alter some things. You can't just go in there being, being mm-hmm. hard-headed and saying we're going to play man coverage across the board. Look what that got you the first time around. You can't do that. Plus, and then if Tyron Matthew doesn't play, now you got to play Swanson. And they all know when we go on fishing, you got to find a fish, right? You find that fish and you keep attacking them. Uh, the, skill, the skill position players for, for, for the Bengals, I, I think they're one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and I think they're going to get it done. On the, on the flip side of it, I've been high on the 49ers the last six or seven weeks. Not only that, I, found, mm-hmm. I just found an email recently, y'all, when I was doing an ESPN show, and I was talking about the 49ers being the best team in the uh, NFC West and could go far. I literally just found the email today looking for something else. So I've been high on the 49ers since August. I'm going with the Niners <laughs> because of Debo. He's coming to take somebody's chain. Put my chain in. I tucked it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, before we get out of here, before we let you get out of here, we want to hit you with some rapid-fire questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind just want you to blurt out the answer, whoever it is, this person, that person, whatever it is. Question number one, Atlanta Falcon legends, Roddy White or Julio Jones? Oh, 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 why you got to do me like that, bro? <laughs> I got to pick one? Got to pick gotta one. Pick Roddy one. White. Roddy or Julio? Roddy White. Okay. Who wins like the Super Bowl it. first, Falcons or Titans? Falcons. Which McCourty twin covered you best, Devin or Jason? Neither. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Y'all, I knew y'all, that was know, coming. y'all know I'm not coming on here saying that. <laughs> who, who wins the NBA Finals? I'm going to go with Golden State. I'm going to go with Golden State. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with that. So we know who you said is going to be in the game. But who walks away Super Bowl champions? Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. There it is. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here from Harry Douglas. Kansas City Chiefs will be your Super Bowl champs. Man, HD, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Always a pleasure. Man, I know you're still upset about that game in Piscataway, but you went on to great things, and we probably motivated you to become the star that you've become. So we appreciate it, man. I've been having nightmares about y'all, man. You know what? We're just going to leave it right there. I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, y'all know how I feel about y'all, man. Y'all some of the favorite, most favorite people in the world. I love what y'all stand for. I love what y'all are about and everything that y'all do. So y'all hit me up. But if y'all ever need me to do anything, y'all already know I'm going to be there, man. Definitely. Hey, keep crushing it over there on TV, man. Keep making it happen. Appreciate it. Jay, Matt, what what we what we gonna get into next? We got the we got the group chat segment. Um, I'll I'll start this off, man. You know, we gotta give. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We gotta give a big kind of salute to Big Ben, who officially announced his retirement, uh, walking away from the game. 18 years. 
uh, we gotta just say, you know what I mean, salute. I wish we had some horns and stuff uh, uh, on there. Get the confetti going, get the confetti going. Just banging something right now, man. Uh, just a great career, obviously. Uh, I, I'll say this, Ben Roethlisberger's story. I remember my rookie year, we're playing Pitt and Pitt, and Bill goes, is maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and he goes, we're not going to blitz anybody from the secondary because they can't effing tackle this guy anyway. He's too big. He's too strong. And I was like, damn, that's kind of aggressive. Like, no one. like, And, you know, and Jay, you know how Bill can tell you something and, like, it kind of makes sense. But you're like, but that's just so disrespectful. That's how it kind of <laughs> felt. And then we got in the game and Chung ended up blitzing. And I'll never forget, Chung jumped on this man's back, wrapped his legs around his, his legs, and, like, Crawled them to the ground. Yes, and I was like, "Dang, that I get it now. I, I know, I know why he's Big Ben. It, it makes sense." <laughs> Yo, it's funny you say that. My rookie year, my first ever NFL game regular season was in Pittsburgh versus Big Ben, and we talked about the same exact thing. And I watched him shrug off one of our best defensive tackles. Dude was a monster. And like you said, Big Ben, he, he, he defied what a quarterback position was because he wasn't the Tom Brady pliability TB12 method. Big Ben looked like he crushed a 12-pack a, a before he took the field, and he would just go out there and ball. He would make uh -huh. plays in crucial moments. And with the receivers that they always placed around him, it was so hard to defend them because whether it was Emmanuel Sanders, whether it was Mike Wallace, whether it was Antonio Brown, whether it was Heinz Ward, Plaxico Burst, you can go back throughout his career. You'd feel like you had a guy covered for the first three, four seconds, and you, you had a solid down. And next thing you know, Ben done survived for the next seven seconds, and now he's chucking one up deep. So like you said, just a tremendous career, uh, his entire career in Pittsburgh, a legend, a Hall of Famer uh, from Miami, Ohio, one of the best uh, to ever do it. So like you said, uh, salute to Big Ben. Like you always say, give them their flowers while they can still smell them. And Big Ben got that on his way out. Pittsburgh made it to the playoffs in the whole nine. But what a what a uh, just a, a tremendous uh, tremendous uh, career. No doubt about it. In other words, in other news, not a retirement, but a stepping away. Sean Payton has decided. You know what? I'm out of here. He's gone. Drew Brees gone. Here. We had Jameis, but he got hurt. I'm out of here. Taysom is a running back, H back, quarterback. Sean I'm Payton said, man, the, the hell with this. I ain't, I ain't doing this. I'm going to go ahead and step away. And whenever I step back in, I'm going to step back into a better opportunity. <laughs> Not the, the, the cap situation that they've had to deal with the last few years in New Orleans. He's like, you just said, I'm out of here. I mean, but all jokes aside, Sean Payton's been one of the best coaches in the NFL uh, since, I mean, our entire time being there. The Saints have one year in and year out, been in the playoffs, one of probably the best records in the leagues since he's been uh, a head football coach there. So obviously I'm sure he has some great things coming up. May see him on TV, just not standing on those sidelines, but definitely tough in New Orleans. I mean, he's been a fixture there for so long. And But what was incredible to me was to see the way guys were tweeting and posting about him. Alvin Kamara, uh, I mean, his, his, his tweet, I don't know exactly what it said, but it lets you know about their relationship. I mean, he was cursing the whole nine, and it lets you know that it went beyond just a head coach mm. running back. There was mutual respect. There was love within that relationship because you can tell he cared about his guys. That many guys 
going out saying kind words about them. It's always good to see uh, when you see that. And to me, what stuck out, though, why you know he was a great coach. He coached for a long period of time in New Orleans. And they asked him his regrets, and he named one play in a playoff game, I believe. But his other regret, we're going to have to cut this up and post it on social media. His other regret was not keeping Rob Ninkovich. I played with Rob Ninkovich. Sean Payton. He said that? He said Fred, that? Top, top two regrets was Rob Ninkovich. Ninko? I'm like, I'm like Sean Payton. Of all the things to regret, Ninko? Well, like, what are we talking about? What, like... And I know, and I know, Ninko loved it. Actually, I was talking to Dan O'Brien the other day. Said Ninko, he said, as soon as he read it, he said Ninko was calling him five seconds later. Did you see this? Did you see this? Sean Payne said I was a regret. I, I'm sure it made his day. He's probably still talking about it on ESPN now. So uh, when somebody talks to Sean Payne next, please ask him what did Rob Ninkovich pay him to get him to say that, or was that like a way of telling us he's going to ESPN or something? We got, we got to find that out. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Do you have a problem with this? How do you react? They're not selling tickets to 49ers fans for this upcoming NFC Championship game. Is that, is that okay? Like, should you be selling tickets I, I, to the... Oh. Yeah, I love it. No, don't sell like this. Once you get to this point, it's not about money. It's, not, it's about how can we win a Super Bowl. And you do whatever you can to try to win a Super Bowl. Somebody might be mad and all of that. You might have missed out on a couple dollars. It doesn't matter when you nah, win that you, Super Bowl. If you, if, you li- if you live in L.A., the resale value on them tickets is sky high. You make sure you go ahead and get you a few of them things and you find you some Bay Area people and you sell them tickets because they come in. I mean, them Niner, that Niner, that Niner fan base is legit. I mean, you saw the Niners, Raiders. I mean, all them brawls. They get it, they get it going. Stand, so they, they get it in. So that resale value, that's all it did. The resale value is going to be through the roof. NBA All-Stars, Deb. You are you fired? Are you a guy that gets fired up about NBA All-Star game, All-Star Weekend, all of that? I, I hadn't in a while, but I will say that new format that they uh they released where you know what I mean playing to a certain number in the game and now we gotta win by all of win by two and all of that, that made the game pretty fun. So uh, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I seen the, the um the starters for the All-Star break. Uh, we got to just, I mean, first, let's give a big congrats. Andrew Wiggins came out. First, uh, I think, believe it's his first time starting the All-Star one. game. Came out, a lot of controversy. Number one pick. Then gets traded because of LeBron and the Cleveland and Minnesota. Like, I mean, shout out Wiggins. Gets to Golden State, playing with uh, Steph and now Clay. Uh, just kind of, to me, just shined and played great ball. So we got mm-hmm. Wiggins. We got Ja Morant holding it down for all the underdogs. Uh, the Joker, Steph Curry, and LBJ. Um, for the West and on the East, we got KD. And John Morant. Don't forget John Morant. I said John Morant. You wasn't uh, listening. My fault. KD, Greek Freak, and B, Clutch, DeMar DeRozan, and Ice Trey Young. Uh, should be a very exciting All-Star uh, break and All-Star weekend uh, with that game. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, I think the All-Star game has gotten better. Guys are competing. Uh, so it I'm should be a watching. lot. It should be a lot watching. better. Hey, I'll say this. I'll say this. It'll be a lot better than, than the freaking Pro Bowl. We know that. It'll be better than that. I remember when you went. That was your uh, rookie year. I remember going to the game in Hawaii. An awesome experience, though. Like I, I haven't. I never got my. I never got an opportunity to go. But being able to be down there, uh, just seeing what it's about, being able to support you. I mean, we grew up doing this thing together and be able to see you in the Pro Bowl, especially at that point. I had just 
uh, finished my second year, and I'm like, yo, this dude out here with all the, all the stars. Like, and the experience was great, but I remember sitting in the stands, and when the game started, it was set up, and it was just like, you didn't hear any pads clash, and I was just like, dang, they, they really out there big chilling. Like, but I get it. I'm not going out there risking I hurt. to go play football when I'm about to be a free agent. I'm going to get paid this offseason. So definitely understand that you're right. I it will be better than a Pro Bowl, but that was not the question. It is time to get into the Dan O'Brien keeping it, keeping awesome, it awesome moment of the week. What you got there? I got, I got two keeping it awesome moments. I got LeBron James keeping it awesome moment of the week. 18-time starter, 18 years in a row, starter in the NBA All-Star game, first player to ever do it. The accolades mm-hmm. continue to roll in. Um, and then second, we got to always, we always got to give love and, and show respect. Uh, just the, the tributes and the continued uh, mentions and, and thoughts and prayers when you talk about Kobe Bryant, Mamba, and Gigi Bryant, Mambasita, uh, just to see around the sports world, uh, just to continue supportive of what Kobe did, what he accomplished, uh, what his daughter was doing and, and accomplishing. Uh, so to me, that's just been awesome to watch uh, over this last week and, and seeing that. So uh, LeBron has continued that success um, and, and kind of, you know, he always shows love to Kobe and just to see the NBA world and everyone else uh, showing love to Kobe. Um, and, you know, even, you know, we won't hit this a lot, but, you know, even I thought Tom Brady referencing uh, Kobe and, you know, not living forever and, and making sure you're in the moment and doing those things um, has led people to wonder, will Tom Brady be back? We'll be breaking that news soon. Uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll find out before anybody else if Tom Brady's going to retire or come back. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And like you said, man, um, rest in peace, obviously, to Kobe, Gigi, and to the other uh, families uh, that lost yes. their life uh, in that helicopter crash. It's just sad. And like you said, it's, it's awesome that people continue to remember and, and to continue to talk about uh, his legacy and those other families uh, as well. And I mean, when you talk about the Dan O'Brien keeping the awesome moment of the week, a moment I saw this week was you starring in a commercial for Kia and Dan O'Brien, which was, I mean, it, it was, your acting career, it was short-lived. I mean, you're doing some things. You, it didn't really look like you were going to be much of a car salesman. So, I mean, we'll get to it, but it kind of seemed that car. like... I sold that car. I sold that like, But it kind of seemed like you may need to stick to your day job and you may need to stick with this football thing. Uh, so I know you talked about breaking this Brady news. Pretty soon, we're going to have to come to you and figure out what it's going to be. But uh, it, you may want to stick to football. I thought my acting career was pretty solid. And it's actually graining, gaining pretty good traction uh, in the social media meta, metaverse. So uh, you might want to look that up, my guy, because my acting career is about to blow. Holla at me. Talk to my agent. Before we get into who won and lost the weekend, we got Harry's prediction earlier. Who's playing in the Super Bowl, Dev? And then who do you – just tell me who's playing in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati, because we can't go with Kansas City. It's against my Patriot blood. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the Rams. I got Rams over Niners. I got. I have. I have Kansas City going to the Super Bowl for sure. I know that 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 burns you. You are a Patriot, bro. What are we doing? 
I was a patriot. Then they said they didn't want me no more. So now I'm no longer a patriot. So now I'm free to decide who I think is going to win the game. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. I've told you that for a, a while, playing against him over the years. I always thought he was a really good quarterback, made yeah, things yeah, happen. Yeah. And this is his year to make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to say when he makes it to the Super Bowl, he is going to win it. I'm going with the Rams winning the Super Bowl. We don't agree all the time, but I will agree on this. I think the Rams are in that groove of playing great football. I think if they can beat the Niners, who I think is also playing great football, um, I think that they will win the Super Bowl. But I, I do I do think these championship games are going to be awesome, and the Super Bowl, yeah. I think, is going to be another really good football game. Uh, so uh, looking forward to it. That gets us into who won the Super Bowl. It gets us into who who won the weekend. NFL fans won the weekend. Did we not watch the divisional games? I mean, to get four great games in one weekend like that, I mean, as a football fan, I think the worst part about that was how excited you got, how much fun you had. You know it's coming to an end very soon. Mm. Um, but those games were, I mean, it was just great games. Like, you you couldn't get away from watching a really good football game. So, uh, thoroughly enjoyed those games as a football fan. And who lost the weekends? My people down in New Orleans. They lost the weekend. Sean Payton chucked up the deuces. Gonna and the worst, part, the, the worst part about that is, Chuck the deuces, and now they have to see these rumors that supposedly there's mutual interest between him and Dallas. I mean, if I'm in New Orleans right now, I'm going to get me some charboy oysters, uh, a beignet, and I'm like, you know what? Good thing I live in New Orleans. I can eat this good food because I ain't worrying about my Saints and Sean Payton and them guys right now. That's just me. Hey, very, very well said. Appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins, with Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty. We're always trying to have a good time. You guys know you can catch us. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Make sure when you go, you hit that subscribe button. Subscribe, and subscribe. follow us on social media, at McCourty Twins, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that good stuff. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening Mama, to us. Mama, we made it. Thank you to Harry for joining the show as well. See you guys.